Welcome back to In Transit, a podcast focused on uncovering the eclectic East African cultural scene. This week, we will be dissecting the creator's journey through the perspective of one of Uganda's most promising storytellers. Stigmas surrounding the importance and viability of the arts and those engaging with them seem played out, but in a corner of the world still governed by traditional conservative and religious frames of thinking, artists are carving their paths to their passion in the most long-winded of ways traversing more commonly accepted fields of work to either find their calling or support that calling through any and all means. Whether that be finance, business and entrepreneurship or journalism, artists are doing whatever they can to survive and thrive. Levy, who we spoke with in a previous episode, doubles as an auditor. Just Jose, our very first guest, pivoted away from hands-on production and now facilitates e-commerce, live ticketing, among other ventures. As for journalism, Nicole, our guest today, walks us through her journey with the arts of storytelling. I'm Nicole, storyteller from Uganda. I am a filmmaker, a writer, photographer, a journalist, and I guess a people watcher or a human <laughs> human being watcher. <laughs> I've been doing like writing for as long as I can remember, but not like novels. I wasn't that kid. I was writing letters, emotional letters to everybody. My mom, my sister, then I was writing poems. And then I think in P4, when I was nine, I won a competition put on by New Vision. And my sister helped me a bit, you know, we finished it when we were I mean, on the way to school eating breakfast. And I was like, it was about the moon. That's all I remember. I think that was the first time I felt like, oh, okay, this writing, it's a real thing. Uh, beyond just expressing myself uh, one of my best friends told me a few years ago that you know for the longest time we've been in kindergarten together high school and she said the way i explain things that i am very passionate about you're taken up by the explanation but when you re- really comes down to it the story is boring like there is nothing in the story <laughs> it's funny you say that just because in describing your relationship with writing that is very evident i agree with that person good <laughs> i'll tell her it's mundane stuff it's mundane shit that i've been doing but i don't know i just i'm fascinated by people and i'm fascinated by the human condition i'm trying to unpack it so that i can share the secrets with everybody i'm like yo how are you doing this thing called life has it always been that clear to you or is that something that has maybe happened with time you seem to have a clear understanding of what it is that you're trying to accomplish through stories. Obviously in hindsight I can put the dots together but in the trenches of life I think I speak for more than one person at least be please be out there that you feel your I felt very directionless and like I wasn't anchored a lot um I think when I was okay so when I was in school in high school I wanted to go to law school but this is before I discovered journalism as a thing as a proper thing that I could do. I was in high school and it came down to what do you want to do at uni and I said to my mom, well I'm going to go to law school and be this family lawyer helping children in families. <laughs> and and she's like, okay, well in the US you can't go to law school so you need to pick an undergrad degree. And I, we sat down and went through a list of available 
options that the university's website had. Accounting, no. IT, no. Literally went through the list alphabetically. And then it came down to journalism. And she's like, oh, you actually write, like writing. You write, uh, maybe. You like stories. You like asking people things. So this is good. And you can ask your dad also, because my dad was a journalist. He was like, you know, ask your dad about all these things. Maybe it's in the gym somewhere. It's like, you know what? That's cool. <laughs> and she was like, you have, um, so in Luganda, we say, Oinakajanja, or you have your Waizeka, someone who's constantly like prodding and so curious. So I used to go, I used to get told that a lot. And she's like, you could do investigative journalism and channel that energy into something productive. African parents have that weird thing where they like see a strange little behavior trait in you and they think it's a whole career like yes seriously i mean that's exactly what happened and i was like you know what okay cool i'll do that and you know she had begged me maybe do computers like no i just love computers i don't want to study them and so i ended up doing journalism and my first quarter we have the quarter system at my uni and it the school's ethos or the journalism school's ethos was we're not training you to become good writers. We're training you to become good storytellers. And no matter the medium, you must excel. You must know how to apply a story for a medium for the audience. And I was hooked. I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. It combines this need to just study others and study the world. And, and that's how it began as a journalist. So that was 2009. In 2012, I was in South Africa and I was working in ETV. It was my residency. And I saw the journalists around me in this broad, in this room, this newsroom. And it was um, it was the Africa desk at, ET, at the time ETV, but now it's called E-News Channel Africa. And... Most journalists, and this I also saw when I was doing a doc in India, that we're either uh, alcoholics, people who have a terrible relationship with food, or we have, you know, this addictive, obsessive vice that we need to con- to have in order to let the the the, the constant need of sensational news, uh, sort of to balance that. You know, I saw all these like anchors and producers who were much older and had no plans of leaving. And I was like, is this my life? I remember thinking, I love using all these languages I've learned. I love finding out about things in different parts of the continent. I want to be out there and be this field reporter. I want to discover this and that. But I want my message, whatever message it is I'm saying, to go out really quickly. And I didn't like that we were waiting for scandalous news all the time or something to get the ratings. I felt that traditional journalism in its form or broadcast journalism was not enough. Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tungaza magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of rising East African musicians. The song playing now is called Body by Ugandan singer C. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tungazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. And I wanted to do more. And so that's how that summer I that summer I ended up going to the UK around the time of the opening ceremony for the Olympics. And 
if you remember, every time a major global game is happening, advertisers scramble and create some of the best shit we've ever seen on TV. And I was going through the tube and everywhere, the TVs, the, the, the bus stations, the advertising was making me cry. You know, whether it was shavers, whether it was <laughs> it was laundry, whether it was McDonald's, whether it was tires, bloody tires. I was like, how did they know this would affect me? Oh, my God. I was I was so emotional. I was like, wow. <laughs> I know, so stupid. I was like, they're telling the story of us. They, they get me and I don't have to be British. And I was like, who are these people who figure out the right things to say how do they craft the words i want to be those guys and that's how i ended up finding out that there's a planners they're called strategists or planners and i was like i'm gonna be a planner and i'm gonna do everything i can to be the best damn planner i can be and i told my mom i went back for my last year at uni told my mom moving back to uganda it was heartbreak hotel in the magabo household it was terrible. <laughs> it was, she threatened, I'm not coming to your graduation. I mean, there were all emails from relatives all over the world. Are you sure this is right? We will not support you. I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. I graduated on Saturday. On Monday, I was at home in Kampala. Wow. And and you haven't looked back? Or is there more to the story? Oh, no, 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 no. There's so much more. Why? I went <laughs> Okay. I came back and I got a job at an advertising agency. I actually had an interview to intern there and I interned and I guess a week or two weeks in each department. When I hit the creative department, it was the copywriters, the art designers. And I was like, oh, this is home. And so that was my first foray into telling stories uh, with made up shit, but it was for products, it was for brands, it was for individuals who were celebrities, and it was a crash course in fiction writing. But on the side, I was also a journalist. I was an editor-in-chief of a magazine, so I was still doing all of that, but discovering storytelling in this other way. Then, you know, for anyone who has returned home, wherever home is, but returned to a place that you sort of grew up and then left, uh, there is a depression that comes with the reverse culture shock. It hit me so badly. I mean, I tried my best to adjust and uh, I enjoyed my work. I was very intrigued by the very weird cultural things that I was seeing. It feels diff like a different world. And so coupled with that, and then my dad passing away that the year I, I came, it was too much, I think, at the time. In hindsight, then I didn't get it. Now I understand that I was bombarded with too many traumatic things going on so my dad passed away and then I was like okay I'll you know I'm still here the plan was to learn and the plan was to be in advertising but then I got disillusioned a little bit with how profit-minded advertising was and also how deceptive it can be I mean I'm selling you a beer a bottle of, of beer say but I'm telling you all these amazing things that, you know, that add to your identity as a man or as a woman and saying all these, um, you know, things. And it just, I was like, well, there's more to the story. First of all, you know, I will not mention the name, but there was a beer that I was attached to and I drank that beer, but the advertising was strictly masculine. And we, you know, we tried to, I did a mini dog to show that women drink this beer. Let's recognize them. Let's also show men that women who drink this beer are not aliens. But that 
go far. But at the time also, no agents in Uganda had a planning department. So planning is about consumer insights. It's about representing the consumer in the boardroom, telling the designers, you know, maybe let's use this kind of insight instead of this. So if a woman is consuming special K, it's not because she wants to diet. It's because she wants to fit in her jeans so that she looks good for her friends and her man or her woman, whatever. Those those kinds of insights. And I wanted to learn it desperately. And I also wanted to escape from Uganda. So I left after 11 months. And oh my God, I went to New York and New York was... Um, I don't know if I'm even answering your question, Isaac. But no, no, no. Go on, go on. This is this is this is great. You are you are answering many of my questions, actually. In fact, questions I haven't asked yet, but th- that's perfect. You were saying so. You went to New York. Yeah, I went to New York to continue the storytelling journey of okay. Let me go back to New York and learn planning and the storytelling thing from advertising, but in the center of advertising, the world center of advertising, which is New York City has. X amount of advertising agencies, big, small, in between. And I thought, you know, my optimistic self thought I will get a job or I'll get an internship and I will kill it and they will promote me and I will get all this insight, come back home. That was not the case. Uh, I worked, (laughs) I could not find a job because planning is so popular uh, within agencies, but they promote from within. So most people don't just apply for an entry-level position into planning is what I found out, but they are promoted from different departments to go into planning. So long story short about that was for six months, I worked, you know, in restaurants while trying to apply, but then slowly by slowly, I was like, well, I'm really interested in the African consumer, how African consumers looked at, studied, all that stuff. I just got um, tired of seeing that, no, you know, this, this is not going to happen you're not going to get a job right now and after six months I decided I have all these skills that I learned in school that I'm not using let me just tell someone else's story and that's how I applied to go into this marketing job in Colorado and I spent two and a half years helping an, a recruiting agency tell their story through various marketing strategies and that's how the storytelling expanded but it was during those two and a half years that I got to uh to find myself again, which is to say that, you know, anyone who has Googled Colorado on Google Images will see sun, mountain, skiing, hiking, basically paradise. And it it is great for anyone who's, you know, soul searching or just even needs a break from from life. It's an amazing state. And so I was there and I got to watch a ton of films because I lived five minutes walk from a cinema. So every time I was feeling sad, happy in between, I'd go watch a film and I'd cry. And I'd be like, why am I so emotional? Why am I crying? A thriller, I cry. Because I'm so overwhelmed by the cinematic experience, the picture, the the acting, the writing. I was just so taken with it all. I was like, oh my God, it combines everything I love. And like even if it's a drama i mean i remember selma i was crying i bought the soundtrack immediately i got internet <laughs> i'm telling you like i was you're embarrassed for me but i'm embarrassed for myself. <laughs> Anna, i mean i can't tell you how many times i deactivated my itunes from my phone because it was getting out of hand i was i was just so excited about the songs and i'd go home and then write something and i said writing again and i was like maybe i can write a film that is you know showcasing some human things i've learned about my culture and how i can show the world that you guys africans we're just like you 
or show Africans that you guys were not that different yeah. from the rest of the world. And that's how film began. And, uh, you know, in essence, I applied to film school and, and yeah, just recently finished wow. film school. But that's, that's what I'm doing. So I feel like all those storytelling experiences have culminated in me, yeah. filmmaker, but I'm still a journalist and I still take photos and I still love advertising, but filmmaking is the epicenter of it all. So I'm really happy to be in this place. <laughs> Join us next time as we continue this two-part episode into Nicole's journey and how she has turned these experiences into all kinds of projects that speak to her love of the human condition. Full Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tangaza magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of rising East African musicians. The song playing now is called Air Castle by Ugandan artist Mwami. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tangazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. This is a GB Mystical production.